welcome to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. The unbeaten run continues for the men's first team. It's now 12 games unbeaten after wins in the league and the cup this week. We'll have reaction to those games with both player manager Richard Duffy and assistant manager Anthony Griffith. We'll also meet the three generations of the Wrench family who travel home and away supporting the Bears. But first, let's get the reaction from assistant manager Anthony Griffith after Congleton Town made it five successive wins with almost the last kick of the game in a 3-2 win against Stone Old Alanians in the Midland League Cup. I've got to say credit to them, first and foremost, because I thought they played really well today. They used the ball quite well, at times better than us, which was a frustration for us uh, going in at half-time. But I thought we grew into the game, especially towards the end, grew into the game and, and, and they sort of sat a little bit deeper. Um, which kind of allowed spaces to open up for us, especially in the wider areas um, when we made our substitutions. And the, the play sort of became a little bit better as the, the space opened up. So again, Dicko gets the ball, slides on through to the sort of turn in that position and then, and then, we, and then we score from there, really. So yeah, no, really good move and really pleased with the uh, result. Were you starting to think about penalties? Yes and no, um, yes and no, um, but I thought the players that we sent on the pitch um, were more than capable to get us a result. And it's the best time to score, isn't it? Literally the last kick of the game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we sort of <laughs> become accustomed to that and we've had a lot of success last year, good memories, but the players are just getting, you know, better and better. I mean, Danny's a, a player that I really adore and, you know, I want to see him do really well with us, whether it's with us or beyond that. But listen, he's just learning every single game, every single session that he does. So, um, you know, credit to him. Do you think it was a deserved win in the end? If I'm going to be honest, no. But that's football sometimes. It, it, it literally is. It's a cruel game. As I said, they played fantastically well today, uh, right from the off. But I thought our fitness levels and experience told in the end. A number of changes to the start in 11. Has it been a good opportunity as well to, to, to give players yeah. minutes? Yeah, um, it's been a massive opportunity for myself and Duff to have a look at players who have not featured recently, give them some minutes. Um, the lads that have been playing, give, a, give them a bit of a rest. But again, you, you, you throw them on towards the end. But yeah, I mean, for sure, it's, every, every, every sort of game that you play is a learning process. So for us, that was a really key night for us in terms of individuals, and, and, and how we're sort of assessing them moving forward. And the amount of late goals that Congleton do, do, do score, what do you put that down to? Is it fitness? Is it the belief, the, the resilience of the team? Yeah, I mean, our resilience is great. Um, never say die attitude. I can remember playing myself and, and not, not, not having that sort of resilience as a team. Um, but that's sort of been manifested in over the, the, last, well, the last couple of years, months, whatever you want to call it, where we've got this belief, we've played opposition that's leagues above come out with Victoria so I'm guessing those kind of nights have instilled confidence into the players into the club itself so yeah I'm, I'm you know pleased with the result pleased for the club we got the uh, result in the end and I'm, and I'm really pleased that we got to see some players that haven't featured before and just to see how that sort of looks like in a, in a unit in a team and collectively you know we, we, we got the job done in the end and, and I think finding a way sometimes how to win is, is really important and some teams don't have that some players don't have that so for us to have that in abundance within the team is, is great I suppose the most important thing is that you've won you're through to, to the next round and the kind of unbeaten and the winning run continues yeah absolutely um, that's it and I said it just breeds good habits it breeds good habits winning games really does but there's not a moment where we don't go away myself and Doss and reflect on the game whether you've lost whether you've won because I think that just helps you become a better manager or a better coach when you are looking back and reflecting on, on, on games and, and tonight will definitely be one of them that was assistant manager Anthony Griffith speaking after the Bears progressed through to the third round of the Midland League Cup. Supporters who sit in the main stand may have noticed a familiar face sitting in the main stand with them on Tuesday night. Player manager Richard Duffy was serving a one-game touchline ban for an incident that occurred in the FA Cup game against Witten Albion. So how did he find watching on from the stand? Yeah, unfortunately, I was in with the fans as well who would have seen what I'd seen. So, um, no, I thought we were really poor. Um, didn't really enjoy the game. 
just a boring performance by us really and until the last 20 minutes where we sort of come alive and you know started creating chances and, and put them on the back foot and build pressure and, and look like half decent team again but first 70 minutes I thought we were, were pretty dull really you sat here in the stand. Did you believe that your team could get that late goal or were you preparing for the agony of penalties? No, I, I believe we could get the late goal. I, I, I'm not sure I believe that you know, we were going to get the second the equaliser, to be honest. We started to build a little bit of pressure and, and, and get a little bit of momentum in the game for about five minutes before that. But up until then, you know, I, I didn't see, I didn't see where, where we were going to get a goal from and, and you know, we found a way to, to get back into the game. Uh, I think Cross came in and ricochet and, and put it in and, and from that moment that you know I, I fancied us to go on and get a winner where you know I know his last kick of the game but and a little bit of quality quality as well as that you know a great ball by Deco into Coxie Macker overlap cut back Danny Needham great finish so um, there's things we talk about uh, that, that that sort of combinations uh, with with a with number 10 or a winger with an overlapping fullback cutbacks and this um, it's come to fruition tonight and ultimately, the most important thing is that you've got the win, you're through to the next round, and you've also configured it's now five successive wins and also an unbeaten run to, to 12. These are the stats that kind of matter. No, absolutely. And, you know, if you said to me you're going you're gonna to play poor and win 3-2 tonight in the last minute, then before the game, I'll just snap your hand off because it's all about, like you just said, it's all about winning. And I take that on Saturday and the following Saturday and the following Saturday. If you don't play well and win, you know, we want to play well. We want to put performances on because the more you perform well and and to a, to a certain standard, the more chance you've got to win games. And we haven't done that tonight. I don't think we were great on Saturday or the Saturday before, but, you know, we, you can't... It's not going to be fluid every week to, you know, to cut teams open easily and create lots of chances and, you know, steadily come and made it hard. We found a way out to win in the end. They come Saturday, won all half-time and game could have been going either way. And, you know, last half hour, I think, you know, fitness kicked in and I, I think they put so much into the first... The first hour of the game that, you know, they couldn't cut, quite live with us the last half hour. And, you know, similar tonight, the last, you know, they put a lot of effort in and the last 15, 20 minutes, they seem to run out of steam and we've picked up a bit of momentum. You made changes to the team. How important is it to, to give other players kind of minutes? Yeah, you have to. I mean, it's, you know, we, we've got a squad and got 16, 17, 18 players who, you know, at any time that I haven't got a problem putting any of them in. So we need to keep everyone's fitness topped up. It's, it's really difficult, you know, but these games, it's, it's important to get the minutes in them. I was going to ask you on Saturday, what was your thoughts on, on that one? Because you, you got the win, another win, um, but not as straightforward as you perhaps would have liked. No, it did, uh, you know, I, I said to the lads before the game, I think this will be our hardest game of the season. The man, new manager's come in, he's, he's brought a lot, a, a new team with him, basically. And knew it was going to be a tough game. knew knew they come out and knew they give us a good goal. They got goals in their team, their attacking team, and I knew knew it'd be a, a tough effort, a, a tough test for us. So we found a way of a way out to win a game. But I, I think we deserved it. I, I mean, I, I don't think Dave had an awful lot to do on Saturday. Obviously, the, their goal was disappointing on on our half. But you know, obviously, the handball was was disappointing. But sometimes that's that's what happens. You know, linesman didn't see it, referee didn't see it. That's you know. We all make mistakes in games, so uh, we got on with it. But the reaction set and half and after the goal was, was superb and, and we created some good chances. Obviously, the fans will notice there have been a couple of new faces to the team. What's the thinking behind that? Is it just a case of strengthening the, the squad? Yeah, yeah, strengthening and, and a little bit of depth because we are, you know, we're, we're right on the on the limit, should I say, of we, we're not a big squad. I don't like keeping big squads because you've got people out with the squad all the time and you know, players at this level, they just, you know, if they're not involved, they just move on. So, for me, there's no need to to keep people hanging about if if they're not playing or not involved. Get them out and get games, and that's where we are. But you know, we brought two lads in. Rory was obviously come on Saturday and, and started tonight, and and done okay. You know, first first time I've seen him. So, um, and Niall's been training with us for for four or five weeks and and got his first start tonight. So, yeah, both lads will learn from that. You've got Averston on Saturday. It's not that long ago since you played them, about a month, month ago. Does that help with the preparation, the fact that you did play them so recently? I think every game's different. You know, yes, you'll you'll pick up on, on how they play, but they've picked up some re- some good results of late. You know, they've got some wins under their belt, so um, they'll come here hoping to, to cause an upset, should I say, because we'll, you know, we'll be favourites going into the game, being top of the league, and they'll make it really tough for us. So uh, we've got to come and we've got to prepare properly and... Take the game by the, by the scruff of the neck, you know, show moves in charge, and and hopefully that would be good for us. 
And I guess it was, I think, in the, the last game that you played against them, you said the first half performance you weren't particularly happy with, the second half you kind of stepped it up. So I guess that's what you'd be asking for, the pick, pick, pick up where you left off on that second half from, from when you last played them. Yeah, I mean, we could have got out of sight, you know, we went 1-0 up, 2-0 up early in the second half and, and should have been 4-5-6, to be honest. George George had some really good chances and, and we didn't really kill the game off. Then we then we give a sloppy goal away and a 2-1, you, you never know. But listen, that's... It was, it was a good win, a win, a win away from home at the time where, you know, our results were still a bit iffy, shall I say, and and we've gone on the run since. So, hopefully, we can continue that on Saturday. But a couple of cup draws have been made this week. I guess the big thing, from your perspective, is they're both here at the Cleric Stadium. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you'd rather be home than away, and you know, two tough games. Whoever whoever wins the the Vars game on on Saturday, I think it is now. Um, and then obviously Ron Conlin it's end end of next month, which which will be a massive a massive test for us, you know. Really good team, playoff team from from the from the league above from last year. And Billy's gone playing really well, so that'd be a tough game. I guess you don't want to be back in the stands. You you'd you much rather be back on the pitch or or on the touchline. <laughs> pretty uh yeah, it's pretty clear, but to be fair, I think I might be sitting there tonight than, than standing out there. So I think it could have got a lot worse if I was uh, standing out there. Um, but no, listen, you know, what, what happened with, with uh, the Witten game is, is done and dusted now. And, you know, I paid, paid the price for, for something that, that happened, which, which was unfortunate, but that's, that's trouble. Now, those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast will have heard our fan away day with Bears supporter Max Wrench. Going to watch Congleton Town is a family occasion for the Wrench family as they support the Bears home and away. Colin Wrench has been supporting the club for more than 30 years and he's passed his love for the Bears on to his son Ian and his grandson Max. The first time I probably got involved was very late 80s. I did go and watch them when they were in the first round of the FA Cup at Crewe. Introduced to Congleton Town by the lad who was working with at the time. So I probably lived in the town for 10 years before I went up. And a lad called Pete Foster, who I was working with on the ambulance service, said, come up. I think it was in the later stages of getting qualified for the first round of the FA Cup. I went and saw that game. And then, I don't know, I had a young family, needed somewhere to go. And we went down there and my friend John Pollard was with me and just got under our skin. Been going now consistently, more or less home and away since. Made some great friends, great acquaintances. Uh, Gives you a feeling of belonging. Introduced my son to it. My daughter goes as well now. And Max, who's an avid supporter. It's just been something that I've loved. It's not always been good. We had some really torrid times. But I think that helps you to come into terms with life in general. It's not all success. I mean, the 90s was abject misery most weekends. And I've been involved in different aspects of the club. I've been a director, been a first aider, a supporter, worked on the ground, the groundsman with Paul, the Wednesday club, and also an early starter, which is what we have great fun, which usually involves beer and pubs but it's just been great and it's lovely absolutely lovely there's not many things in life where you can share things and have an interest with different age groups and that's one of the things you can with non-league football it's it's great to see all the ages involved now and at the moment we're going to a halcyon time it's brilliant at the moment we hope it'll last for ages Life isn't used to like that, but we've just got to enjoy it while it is. So that's where I'm coming from anyway. I was trying to think when my dad was speaking then about what my earliest memory of town was. I can remember my dad taking me down with Don Fletcher and Rob Fletcher. So Rob, who does the gate. So me and Rob are uh, a week apart in age. So we used to live across the road from each other and me and Rob used to go. So I remember me and Rob going. One of my earliest memories is I fell off the old stand and it used to be that the, where the players come out now is the middle of the stand and I fell probably about 10 foot, was it? That? About 10 no. foot. Well, no one knows my dad wasn't watching. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I think you think yeah, it's a great safe place to take them. There was an old stand. There are, there are some pictures of it, but it was an old rickety stand. It was well past his back. And I was stood with Don 
And I heard this sickening thud, and I thought, I wonder what that was. And where the players used to go through, halfway up, he'd managed to throw himself over and land on a concrete path. Yeah, it's done me no so, wrong. Um, <laughs> so I remember that, and I remember Rob telling me this story that he gave me a kind of pop and a chocolate bar to try and probably get rid of the litigation of falling off the stand. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do with it, so Rob ate it. So that's one of the earliest memories we've got of town. And then I've got happy memories of me and Rob basically travelling the north of the country on buses on Saturdays with a sort of quick save bag full of food. And we'd go off and either my dad would be with us and Don, and we'd go off to Gretna, Whitby, Workington on a bus. And uh, that's how we spent our Saturdays and Tuesdays and me and Rob went off everywhere. And my memories of it as a kid were, my dad used to go down the ground and I've got memories of my dad at the bottom end, putting uh, milk crates, probably dug down about six foot because it used to flood. So I've got memories of my dad doing that. And then they gave me, me and Rob, some what looked like drain paint to paint the dugouts. It's like a Dell boy, that yellow paint. We got it everywhere. Mm. And then me and Rob used to run a programme shop in the clubhouse. Uh, it's changed now. Where you come in at the bottom end, it used to be a corridor, and on the left was a little office. Me and Rob turned it into a shop selling programmes and scarves. And things like that used yeah. to rain in. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was, it's like that says it's moved on so much town and it's always been something uh, I've enjoyed doing with my dad. And then when Max came along, I think my dad took him under his wing and loved taking Max down. And that, I think that added to my dad's enjoyment of it. And then it's become something we all do together. And I think we're really lucky to have that as a family that we all can do it together. And then other people seem to have been coming to it as well. It was always one. It was always a bit strange. We had see, we've got season tickets in the family at United, and I used to take Max on those season tickets. We were lucky enough to go with Max when he was younger, and we'd take him there. And I was talking about my granddad on my mum's side when I was a kid. And a lot of my friends go and watch different games now. And we always used to, it was always kind of a little bit of a Mickey take that we went watching town. And I always said, Do you want to try it? And now I've seen that a lot of my friends and people I know have come down and, and realized the attraction of it, which is that you're with your friends, you're with your family. You can relate to the people who are playing. There's this lovely feeling around the ground of like a, a little community. But yeah, that's what I really enjoy about it. I, get, I got quite uh, whimsical about it all, really, I suppose. And I did last year get quite whimsical about it because it is something that's really important in life to have something that will connect you. That's how I see it. It's like this season, we've already done it. We go off as a family, go and have some tea, go and have a bit of dinner before we go, talk about it, arrange it, do things like this. It's great. Um, so, yeah, that's probably where it is happening for us. And Max, did you really kind of have a choice or was it kind of inevitable that you were going to follow the Bears, Max? Well, yeah, I guess that's the thing. I think for me, I've been supporting town for as long as I can remember, really. It's always been a thing. I believe that even when I was born, I'd I'd sponsored a game or a game was kind of sponsored in my name. And then since then, it's just always been in my life. And yeah, I guess I didn't really have a choice when I was younger. I got brought down more than anything, but... I think that's probably where the love started, you know, going with dad, going with granddad. I think in terms of earliest memories, I remember being a mascot once when I was quite young and because I remember kicking a ball about with a, on the pitch a little bit before the game. And in terms of an individual game, it was, it was against Newcastle Town quite a long time ago in the league and they were really good team at the time up the top and it was before the stand at the top end was there so obviously we've got the bank behind and before that stand was there we all used to go and stand on top of the bank obviously that's not allowed anymore but it was a Newcastle Town game and I remember we brought out a mascot or something at one point and then we conceded and the mascot went back in but the moral of the story we ended up scoring in the last minute I remember us all going mad and nearly falling down this bank celebrating. Just since then, it's always just been something that was natural. That's what Saturdays were, was, you know, going and watching town with with dad and with granddad and everyone else that comes. And yeah, you kind of fall in love with it through repetition, really. And you, you mentioned there the late winner. Nothing's changed, really, has it, in that regard? Even this week, we had a literally the last kick of the game. And talking about what's changed, Colin, since you've been involved in the club, what's that, over 30 years? How has the club changed? There's probably about 33 years that I've been attached to it. Uh, and I've seen it, uh, and it's had lots and lots of different people involved with it. Some who've uh, made things successful, but I think everybody has been genuine in trying to take the club on. The 90s was very difficult. It's a time when I was on the board, and I know the club nearly went out of existence. It was very close. We had to set up another company 
and we kept it going. And I think the decision then was made to always live within our means. And I think that has been carried on because prior to that, it had accrued some quite big debts which were becoming, we couldn't deal with them. Uh, since then, it's been steadily but some good people, I'm not going to name them because in case I miss somebody out, but they've always had the, the heart of the club. They've always tried. Well, these are mostly uh, look as the committee because they've had some great managers, but you know your managers are going to come and go. Well, they, they go because they've been successful. That's part and parcel of it. The people who are there all the time are the supporters and the committee, the people, the helpers, the volunteers, they're going to be there come what may. We've had some great players who've been there, played perhaps 500 games, I remember. And then you, you don't see them once they've, once they've gone. Whether I, I, I can't really understand that, but it, that, that's what happens. But the club, looking at it in every respect, has improved. That's the facilities, if you look. If it rains, you used to try and get under a tree up at the bank at the top end. Now we've got cover over all four sides. Pretty unusual at our level of football. The, the changing rooms, anyone who's not been in there for the players, it's so much better. The playing surface is so much better. The, uh, the clubhouse is so much better. And now that is all in place, now that seems to have brought on that the game is getting better. I'm not saying we didn't have snippets of good times, but in all my time, we've never experienced what we ex last year. Never. This year, isn't it, actually, when it finished? But we've, we've never experienced that at all. And it's like the different people who've got involved and linking up with the junior football side, these have been great decisions. And we've got people who know what they're doing in positions now. They're, they've got business acumen as well as great intentions. The team seems to have come on. We've got Duffy and Griff. What a partnership they are. Uh, and they seem to be ideal for this club. You get the feeling that they love it. It's a pleasure to come to the club. I'm not saying we're not going to get beat every now and again, but we, we go in the 90s, it used to be dire because you were in a we were in the Unibond Division One. It was all the time trying to avoid relegation. Being saved by a Welsh club that had to go back and play in Wales and used to play in the Unibond League. That's how we were saved from going down. <laughs> and uh, week after week coming back from away matches, disappointed. But now that's slowly improved. And uh, if you can't take getting beat at football, you should not go and watch it. Don't mean you've got to enjoy it, though. Uh, but now it is an absolute pleasure to see these young lads. And going back to the, say, 90s and 20s, it always used to be the call. Let's have some young local players. Now, no one can say anything like that now. We have got local players. And it's great to see and They bring their friends. And there's a, uh, I suppose it's pride in our little town. It is a little town, you know. And I think we're, we're now perhaps even punching above our weight. We're doing really well. And the crowds are coming on. There's something happening. How long it'll last for? I just see, I keep, keep going. There's something being done right. But I think it's a lot of little things, a lot of little things that add up to this success. So that's my take anyway. And you've played your part as well, Colin. And Ian, you mentioned earlier about the impact that this club has had on you and your family. And actually, before the FA Vars against Berry last season, you posted a real heartfelt message on social media. And one of the things you said was for 30 years, this club has been part of the glue that defines you. And can you imagine not coming down to Congleton Town anymore? I don't know. I've never thought of not doing it. I read an article in The Guardian recently about, and I, I wouldn't normally read The Guardian, but there was an article about the guy who took over Grimsby Town and he'd um, moved away to London and then he had the opportunity to go back to Grimsby and become the chairman. He realised how much he missed it because it, it was part of a really mundane thing in life, but it was a really special mundane thing because he realised how important the mundane was and the, the little things that bind people together and the little things that make life. 
And I think, I can't know, my dad always works hard, I work hard, and now Max works hard, and you work hard through the week, and then you have this thing where you all do it together. I see it as a, a family thing. Uh, I've always seen it as a, as a thing that we do. Like, my dad fish with my brother, and now bowls with my brother, and football and golf have always been mine and my dad's thing. Uh, not that my brother's not part of it, or my sister isn't, but it was always kind of, my brother never came to away games, and my sister never came to away games, but me and Rob always told off. So it's always been part of like that glue that fits us together. So no, I could never see not going just on the basis that it becomes part of your blood. It's a sport. We're a sport family as well. Do you know, like the, the whole of our family is sport orientated. If it gives it a bat and a ball or anything, either play, playing or watching it, we do. So I suppose that's where it is. And it was, last year was different. It was a lot different at that time when uh, I posted that thing. It was a time when I was looking and thinking, this is completely different. You know, if you, you ask me, I've always enjoyed the fact um, we're an underdog team. You know, it was always, we're underdogs and we shouldn't be doing what we're doing. And a win was a great thing. And you don't watch non-league football for the beauty of the teams and the beauty of the play. You watch it for moments in time. So it's always for a moment. So there's always something like a great goal or a ridiculous own goal or someone doing something stupid. That's where the fun in non-league football is. But last year, we joined them all up, the dots of that. And suddenly, it became quite strange to think we had an expectation to win. I didn't really understand how to deal with us having an expectation that we should win anything. So, you know, if you take last year at that time, I hated, I couldn't watch really the um, the game against Berry or the one against the, in the semi-final of the Vars. Hated both games. Really didn't enjoy them at all. Loved, I think, which one of my favourite games. Not my favourite, but one of my favourites was the alternate game. Because we shouldn't have won... Because because we had no right to be there, because we were the underdog, it was my favourite. And then the game at Chorley against Baker didn't enjoy that either because we there was an expectation we should win. Didn't enjoy that. So it's quite a strange one how it looked at. It's never been about glory sporting town, but yeah, generally I I love it because it gives me connection. That's why I love town. It gives me connection, and now I enjoy it more because I see good friends coming now, them coming along, and they see it. And they start doing it with their sons, the same as I did it with Max. And that's lovely to see that going on and they reference it. And then other lads who were going down with their daughters as well. And they get into it as well. So I, I really enjoy that about it. That's one of my favourite parts of it. Is you, you see that growth that's coming from town in a really good way with people who it matters to. And you know, like my dad says, would leave it in a better place than they found it. Uh, whatever happens in the future, because... Over 30 years, I can remember, there's been lots of different managers and they do come and go and players come and go. But generally, anyone on the committee, chairmen, they may come and go, but they always seem to stay and watch, even if they stop being a chairman or stop being a director. They always come. And I think that's the nice thing about it. And Max, what is it that you enjoy most about coming down to Congleton Town and also the various trips that you go on as well? I'd probably put it down to two main reasons. The first being the love of the club and the team and the moments that it creates, you know, as you talked about the last minute winners that are going on, all that kind of thing, the wins, but predominantly it is more the people that you do it with and the connections that you make doing that. And I think that is the reason behind why we all love it so much. It would not be the same if we didn't do it with each other because it makes those individual moments that much more special when you can celebrate it with people that you care about so much and you know that they care about you and the game, what's going on and everything like that. It just emphasises the moment even more is who you're actually with. And you, you asked my granddad earlier about the biggest change. I think that links to one, one of my that I've seen is the attitude towards the club. And I think your dad referenced it earlier in that, I think, you know, from Congleton around there, you've got a lot of bigger teams around us. You had Stoke, Port Vale, Liverpool, Man United, etc. And previously, there was probably a bit of snobbery about that in that people would look at, you know, town and be, oh, I'm not going to watch town, I'll go and watch them. But, you know, as dad said, now more and more people are now coming down. And I think hopefully they're starting to feel the way we feel in terms of it is not just about the football itself. It's more about what you can do there, the people that you're with, and then the connections that you get from that. And Colin, did you imagine all those years ago that you would still be coming down to the club, had a key part of it, and actually now being not just you three in terms of your son, grandson as well, but also the extended family as well? Um, well, I don't know. I, was, uh, yeah, I suppose it was, I shouldn't have worked it out. I think it was about 35, then 34, 35. I don't think you can look. I'm 69 now. 
I don't think he can look that far forward. But I'm extremely pleased that it is. Uh, I think, you know, the programme on TV where everybody knows your names, it cheers where people go. There is something very reassuring where you can walk into somewhere and even if you don't know their actual name, they'll nod that you. you know where these people are going to be stood. You know what they're going to shout. You know, the people that I've known there who are still there from the day I went. You know, Chris Davis is, uh, he's got to go. <laughs> We're teasing him about it, but it's something he's always said, you know, always said. And you sort of grow up and, I suppose, get old with these people around you. It becomes part of your life. And it is reassuring, I think. If you go to a big football match, if you go to Old Trafford, which you've done, to me, it's very impersonal. No yeah. one's going to hear you shout. No one's going to, you're just part of a big, when I say mob, I don't mean that rudely. I, I mean, whereas you can hear people's feeling, you can hear the passion. It's generally a lovely, safe place to be. And the crowds are getting bigger. And there is that routine. It is nice. I mean, we've developed, we go on an early start. The early starters, that came about with me and Don because during the 90s we said, I can't watch this any further, Don, so I'm going to have to be smashed to come and watch this. It's so, it's so depressing. And in that we started, the early starters, um, that's been going for 20 odd years, maybe, which has a membership of somewhere between two and 15, depending on the, <laughs> depending on the dress up. Yeah. <laughs> and fancy dresses. But, it, it is just good fun, and long may it rain. There is also the side where, you know, when you lose somebody who's there, you know, I met some great friends there, Ken Barlow, what a character he was, Pete Farrow. These are people you actually, when they pass away, the stories that you've had, the things that have happened, they're so funny. And when you get a group of people there together, they do start reminiscing. It's obviously a love of what's happened. Even when it's awful what's happened, you know, we, we've been down to places like, I don't know, it was the FA Cup or FA Vars or something. Romford, we're right near, we're near the M25, Little Compton. I think we got beat 6 0. <laughs> big fight as well coming back. It, it was just horrendous. Um, but in, at the time, it was terrible. But you look back and you think, it makes you laugh. <laughs> I remember one of the ones when Dad mentioned Pete Farrow there. I remember him in Fleetwood and uh, he got off the bus and the bus started going and uh, Pete was waving at the bus trying to get it to stop and there was a couple of people who used to come and watch who waved back at him. <laughs> didn't stop the bus and he was left in uh, he was left in Fleetwood before the time of mobile phones and he had to stay over and get someone to come and get him the next day. He'd been on the bus. <laughs> this, this is the chairman of the club. He'd been on the bus. Decided we were must been waiting for a player or something. He, he needed to go to the toilet. So he got off with just his shirt on and went into the clubhouse. In the meantime, the players came back. Everybody on the bus drove off. He comes running out and he's waving. And the only person that looked at him waved back to him and we drove off. And his wallet was in his... Yeah, so there must be so many stories, so many memories. What are some of your favourite, whether it's because of performances on the pitch, results on the pitch, or the funny stories that have kind of just happened at the club or kind of on your travels? What are some of your um, standout memories that, that, that you want to kind of share? I can remember the first time I saw Don Fletcher drunk on a bus coming back from Bretna. <laughs> I remember learning how to play cards, three-card brag by watching players play with a seat on a bus over the back and understanding three-card brag. I had quite an interesting childhood, really, on buses back from there. Um, watching town and games, well, two of the players who were playing for the opposition play for us now was when we, we won. Was it 4-3, match or 3-2? You're nicking my story now. It was 3-2. No, it's two. the same one. I can have the same memory that was great. So yeah, one of my favourite memories of the town, it's going back a couple of years now and probably less people remember it. Obviously, there was so much great happening last year, but my favourite ever memory, it was cold winter's afternoon, Saturday, December 2018. At the time, we were doing really quite well in the league. I think we were second, we were definitely top three. Uh, City-Liverpool won it that year. and We had a away game against Whitchurch Outport 
seemed like a regulation kind of away game at the the time. Travelled down in the car, got there all normal, everything like that. Game kicks off. Within two minutes, we'd got a penalty. Before we'd even got round behind the goal, we had a penalty, which Dan Cope took. And, well, funnily enough, Dave Parton saved the penalty. From then on, the game was just a bit mad. I think it all started when Griff, obviously the coach at the minute, put in a pretty strong tackle on one of their lads. And that resulted in a bit of a... A bit of a ruckus on the pitch, you know, a bit of everyone coming together, pushing and that kind of stuff. And then I think from that moment on, the, the game was just tasty. You know, every challenge, every tackle, people are going at the referee, all their fans getting involved. I think they probably targeted Griff a little bit to try and get him sent off, trying to wind him up. So it was just one of them games where it, it's horrible. You know, everyone's going at each other. It's really fun to watch. And then... They scored at half-time, it was 1-0 to them. Second half, it was more of the same, loads of strong challenges going in, everyone going at the ref, their fans giving it, we're giving it, all that kind of stuff. We equalised probably on about 60 minutes, Steve Foster scored, and in classic town fashion, they went up the other end and made it 2-1 pretty much straight away. And then on about 70, 75 minutes, I think, Maybe Griff's head went a bit and he flew in to another challenge, absolutely clattered someone, which resulted in another massive squabble in which Tom Schofield, who was playing for us at the time, did what I can only describe as a rugby dump tackle on one of their players, picked him up, turned him over and threw him down. And that resulted in a second yellow for Griff, so he was off. And Schofield had a red as well, so we were down to nine. About two minutes later... Uh, <laughs> Minnie had the ball on the wing. He lost I like it. Minnie had the ball on the wing. He lost it and <laughs> retaliated by kicking their lad completely up in the air. So we was off straight red for that. And we were down to eight with about 10 minutes to play normal time. And we were 2-1 down. And if people thought that game last year against Wolf Runyons was bad with 10 men, we had eight at that point. So them 10 minutes, it was like, you may as well be watching from binoculars with the other end, chance after chance. And I, I don't know how they didn't score in that moment. And then because of all, everything that was going on, there must have been about 10 minutes of added time too. And we, we had strikers playing at full back and there was just no formation or positions going on at all. But we pretty much managed to keep one up front. And from what I can remember, they had a corner. And I think Craig was in goal. Craig Ellison must have caught it and just pumped it upfield. And I think they messed it up at the back. And we ended up one-on-one, it was. Saul Anderson, who in the 95th minute or whatever, went round Dave Parton and slotted it away. And we were obviously going a bit mad behind the goal, but we knew there was still a lot of time to play and we had eight men. So it was a yeah, conservative celebration, even though we'd made it 2-2. And then it, a couple of minutes later, it was like deja vu. The exact same thing happened again, but this time it, it was Bev, Bev and Barry, who managed what to, he ended up somehow getting through one goal when we had eight men. And again, rounding Dave Parton and putting it in the back of the net. There Dave was pretty much crying on the floor. We were all <laughs> going absolutely mental behind the goal because all their fans had been giving us up the whole time. We were smashing on the audience and all sorts. <laughs> I almost regret not going on the pitch, to be honest with you. It was yeah, good. The lad who was sent off really ran back on the pitch on. celebrating with the pile on and the players we were nearly on it and then yeah the full-time whistle went they had christmas carols going on we were running about and oh they had a brass band and all sorts and to be honest with you it completely ruined our season i mean all the suspensions and everything derailed it all i mean yeah we went straight down but oh it was definitely worth it it's i don't think i'll ever see anything like that again going down to eight men and going back to win there was a good group of players at that time. I remember um, seeing a photo. Uh, Dennis Rowley who used to always come and uh, he'd have carers and uh, he'd always been brought down there by his carers and he was very ill. And I remember seeing a photo and I always thought Griff, Minnie and I think uh, Dan Cope and people like that were on the photo. And obviously these aren't players who are getting professionals on a Saturday morning before a game. They'd gone to see him in the hospital. And I always thought that's one of the reasons why I like watching non-league football because these blokes who are playing for town, have no reason to do it. There's no connection really to Dennis and they took their time on that morning away from the families and went and saw him in the hospital. I always thought that's a really decent, you know, that, that's some decent men for you there doing that. Uh, and that was around about that time of that game. So I always have fond memories of sort of Minnie uh, and Cope 
and grit from doing that. I always thought it was a, you know, one of the reasons why I enjoyed watching town uh, connected to that game. Paul Dave will enjoy that story, won't he, about Richard? <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> Max gave him absolute pelters here on the whole game. There's been lots of good ones. I always remember people uh, ringing me saying, I've just seen your Max. He says, all right, where is he? He says, he's walking down West Street, dressed as a Mexican with his granddad. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all oh, right, yeah, yeah, that's him, yeah, yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, just seen him again. What is he this time? He's, oh, he's dressed as a Frenchman. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Onions around his neck. Yeah, that's what we put on him. So I think we've always enjoyed that. There's a slightly eccentric air to the Rich family that we uh, we we fully embrace, and Max has got that as well. We, we like a dress up now and then, and Max Max being sent out as you know a cricketer, the football, and this stuff and stuff. They're all memories that we laugh about in the family, and uh, we've basically got photos of it everywhere of Max dressed up as something with his granddad going watching football. The coach journeys. Uh, years ago, we, the coach the invariably givers was the the worst one of the fleet because it was probably the cheapest. And we'd go out and you'd go up to Gretna and there'd be people at the services who were bus spotters and they used to love it when we turned up in like a, I don't know what it was, something like a Bedford Tiger and they'd be jotting it down on the book. We had a player, I can't remember his name, but this is, this is the truth. He was sat on the bus got injured on the bus before he got there and couldn't play with a scalded foot and ankle <laughs> because he was sat in the seat near the heater and the heater hose broke and split boiling water onto his foot. And then another time we were coming back from a match somewhere between Ashbourne and Leek and the bus broke down. We were stranded. We're going to send another bus out for you. And then... Some enterprising locals in a Ford Escort said, uh, I'll start running you to the pub. We're in the middle of nowhere. He said, I'll start running you to the pub. It'll cost you a quid a person or something like that. And he took virtually the whole coach to this pub where we all waited and got got smashed. It's funny my dad telling that story because I I wouldn't have remembered that. And now I've got a memory of that actually happening. One thing that's not been brought up, if Colin, I can take you back to August 2015 against AFC Blackpool. Do you know what I, I'm referring to, Colin? No. Well, I can tell you, Colin, I have memories of you walking out as the Congleton mascot holding hands with the referee. What was that experience like and who we got to thank for kind of that day? This couple of weeks before my, uh, I was getting married to Amanda, another big town supporter, bless her. I took her to her first football match. She'd never watched a football match. She'd never even seen the kids play football, never watched one on TV. And couldn't get the concept of why we change you. She had no idea that we changed around at half time. <laughs> it's the, but she understands it now. Yeah, so I was getting married to Amanda. And I think Ian had said to me, Dad, a few of the lads are, um, we're going to meet off in uh, doing our like, early start in the unicorn. Are you, are you going to come down? All right, I'd be up for that. So I turned up at the unicorn, uh, which is not unusual for us, and there's about six, seven of Ian's mates there. Oh, hello, Slingers, and Alex, and yeah. Craig was there. Craig, if I to remember. Yeah, and then one or two others, and then, well, I wonder why they're good. And then we walked down to the club and then I was in there and they sprung it on me. <laughs> you, this is your statue. You're going out tonight, but you are actually the mascot for the day. And they brought out a set of football boots, a lot of kick. And before I know it, I, how long ago was that? Eight years ago. So I'm sitting the wrong side of 60 in the football gear. <laughs> so... It was, and they said, said right, you've got to go out and warm up with the players. <laughs> I think at the time, some of the players knew me, but you know, they'd like, and they were like, and I was running around, they were passing to me, quite like, but the funniest bit was, I was waiting, I was just at the moment, and the two teams came out, well, we came out first, so I'm at the front, and as you quite rightly said, you know. Eventually, but the other team come out, so the captain's always at the front, and this lad comes out and he's looking at the pitch, and then he suddenly looks over at me, and you can see his double take like, 
Holy crap. <laughs> we thought I was going to be playing. But then the referee insisted on getting me out, holding me hand and taking me out. And so I think uh, Gibbo got a photograph of it, which is down from posterity. So uh, a bit embarrassing, but yeah, yeah, I had to do it. It was because he'd said to his other, I'm not having a stag do, I'm not having a stag do, I'm not doing that. So um, that's what we got in with in the end. And it's happened again. We've done it to one of the... One of my friends got married again, and uh, he was the uh, mascot a couple of years ago. So it's a, a well-trodden path now. And Max, I want to talk about last season. Just how special was that for you? And and I know there's a proud photo of you and your, your dad holding the Macron Cup at the side of the pitch at Chorley. Just how special was last season and how special was having that moment with your dad and your family? Yeah, it was mad. It was completely unprecedented. You know, the start of the season... No real expectations for anything. I think probably us, and there's a select few group of fans who've been coming a while, probably have quite a natural pessimism towards going and watching town in terms of results. Because in my entire life, we've not changed league. We got relegated the year I was born into our step and not once have we been promoted or relegated from that league. So for me, that's all I've known. It's been, we've always been kind of mid-table. Some leagues some seasons a bit better than other, but always about average. So there was no expectation going into it. So I think the the runs that we had, even in games that we lost, we were never really out of games. We were always in games. You know, there wasn't many where you thought, yeah, we really did deserve to lose. Maybe one or two. Earlham away, we lost, but that was before the filed game. And maybe one or two others. But it was just mad. And the, it's the amount of individual moments that there were within the seasons that you could pick out in terms of celebrations that you were with. There's so many of them. It's hard to even remember, you know, because the people automatically always think of the big ones, you know, Barry and the Newport Pagnell game. But there's even smaller ones, you know, Tom Hampton got a last minute equaliser against West Didsbury and Charlton. We got a last minute winner, Avro away when they hadn't conceded a single goal in the league up to that point. In the league. That goal against Avro and Chelsea was going to score, Max. That was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, the goal against (laughs) Avro was great. And then, but even, you know, the big ones, I think for me personally, like we kind of alluded to before, football at this level has a peak to it. We're never going to be a Premier League team, obviously. So for me, you know, the the potential of getting to Wembley was always the dream in terms of footballing wise. So that FA Vars run was incredible. And I think the Berry game particularly was definitely one of my favourite moments of the season because it was so un- unbelievable, quite literally. I think I'd kind of resigned myself to the fact that we were going to lose, especially the last 10 minutes of that game. I remember we had a chance. I think George went through one-on-one and their keeper made a really good save. And it took me a bit back to the file game. And before that, I was really up for it, singing, chanting, getting involved. But for that last 10 minutes, I'd completely resigned to the fact we were going to lose. Went completely into myself, if you like. So nervous and horrible that you, you really don't enjoy it. But then from that to Short's penalty going in, there was a moment where it didn't even feel real. You know, it took a split second to really compute that we had actually won and we were going to that semi-final and it was all becoming a reality. And, you know, after that, running around, dugging everyone, people that you've been watching town for years through all sorts of rubbish and places... You know, Blackpool and the pouring rain when it's freezing cold, it all becomes worth it for those moments. And in terms of the trophies, yeah, I'd never seen anything like that. I think we've been to one final when I've been alive, and that was a mid Cheshire Senior Cup final. I think it was <laughs> when I was about five, we I don't even think we enter that cup anymore. We always, when we lost that final anyway. So I'd never <laughs> ever seen that. So I'd never seen a trophy or anything. So to get, well, two, let alone one, especially, you know, the, the Cheshire Senior Cup against the Ultra game, we pretty much had their full strength side out, was, yeah, it was ridiculous. And then obviously, as you say, the, the picture with the cup, I remember um, we saw it, didn't we? Just as we'd celebrated, the players were celebrating and we saw them holding it. And we're like, oh, we've got to go and get a picture. So grabbed it, got a quick picture. And then, yeah, we were showing it off to everybody. But yeah, it, it, it was brilliant. And that just capped off. It was more for me, just the, the memories of the season as a whole in terms of the moments and celebrating with people. That That's what's going to stick with me for for, for ages. Max knocked over Chris Davis celebrating. I think AJ scored against Newcastle. Max yeah. celebrated that hard. He wiped out Chris Davis behind the goal and just turned around and he was just starfishing Chris Davis on the floor. Thought he, thought he was gone. <laughs> Max trying to pick him up, saying sorry. Very funny. 
But these cup finals, the trophies, these are the moments that we were talking about. It's one thing having these successes, but I know going back to the message that you put on your social media, Ian, it's not always about the successes. It's also about the, those moments that you have that you can share moments and you can talk, talk about for many, many, many years to come. Yeah, it's moments, moments in games. If you ask me about some of the games last year, I'd be able to tell you the goals. I wouldn't be able to tell you the whole game. I, I would, I'd be able to tell you who we were standing next to when we scored. I'll be able to tell you, you know, that feeling of that. It is moments and the cups are just the sort of icing on the cake. But I don't think I'll ever feel anything as happy as I did watching the Ultimate game because we had no right to win. And I think that's what I enjoyed about it the most because that was Congleton Town in a nutshell for me. We shouldn't be there. We shouldn't be doing it. We did. And it was kind of, and it was, in, in fairness, it was when I've watched the game, it, you could see that Griff and Duffy had put together a, an actual plan and you can see that at the moment with the team, that they are structured. And you listen to Griff on the sideline, particularly like last night, you hear him organising the team, it's great. And so I quite enjoy that. And you see what they're trying to do on the pitch. What I've noticed is we won. We play against teams who look unorganised now, whereas our team looks like we're playing to a structure. And you can see how they're going to move it forward. Hopefully more moments to come, Adam. That's what I'd hope for. You know, last-minute goals, uh, first-minute goals, goalkeeper howlers, that kind of thing. That's what we're in for. And for you, Colin, what, what are your standout memories of last season? I mean, follow the Bears. You've spoken about the, the highs that you've had, but also the many lows that you've seen from, from, from the team to the point where the club, as you mentioned, might not have been here at the time in the 1990s. To go from there to where, where they are now and the cup victories, how special was, was that for you? Unbelievable. Yeah, you watch it and there's a part of you always at the start and the fan. Please don't let us get humiliated. Yeah. I can never get rid of that, especially when they're the likes of Olsen when you're playing it. Let's make a good fist of this. And then you get this realisation as the game goes on. No, we can do this. Yeah, And then you go and score. And then, you know, you get caught up in the euphoria. And you, you don't want to believe. And the route to get to that final, that's a great moment. But it accumulates and accumulates and you're looking forward to the game. And then when you've actually won it, it is euphoria, but it's almost as though you can breathe out as well. You go, oh, whether it's like passing your driving tests or something like that, because you dare to dream. And the dream came true twice. If I take an individual, he's special to us. He was always Ian's best mate, Rob Fletcher. When Ian got discovered girls, he stopped coming with me. So <laughs> Rob, Rob carried on. Uh, and we were like, we would go off in the car and me and Rob would go all over the blinking country. Anyone who knows Rob is a lad on the turnstile. He's not an outspoken lad. But you cut him and he will bleed Congleton Town, that lad. He loves it. And just to look at him and know the joy that he's got inside him, and you know the misery that he's experienced watching him all those years. It's just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And you think I'd like to know, reference, I'd like to reference that uh, it wasn't girls. I had Matt when I had match when was 20. So you know, it was a yeah. bit of other things. No, well, I was so, there. So what were you 13, doing? 14, you'd give it a wide birth back. But uh, you know, you, you think about it, loneliness is a terrible thing, but you, you've got Colton Town. I'd say to anyone, especially if they're elderly, you know, attention. Five quid, you can come down, you can make loads of friends, you'd be accepted, you looked at, and join in the experience. Join in, come and have a go at it. Everyone's always made welcome. It's there. It's like a family. It really is. That It's for everybody to enjoy. And it doesn't matter whether you've been coming 30 years or three weeks. You pay your money to come in, and you can have your say behind the goal or shout from the stands, whatever you want, get behind the team. I think it's great. Obviously, Max, we've been hearing you on the podcast with your away days. How have you all been finding the Midland Football League so far? It's different in a, in a few different ways. Obviously, the journeys themselves are different going south rather than north. Teams in general get lesser attendances in this league, which in turn obviously leads to lower finances. So the the facilities at the grounds probably aren't as good as they are in the northwest counties. In in general, an average, obviously less people there. The quality of football, I guess, 
you know, it, it honestly seems like any team could be any team in this league, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, obviously we're doing quite well at the minute, whereas Northwest counties we were never really quite this high, which is good. I think as well when we look comparatively at you know locationally the teams around us and where they are, the likes of Kidsgrove and Hanley and Leek, Newcastle Town, eighteen seventy four Northwich, etc. They are all in the league above, and I think in terms of everything about our club, we are at the same level, if not higher than them. And I think we now deserve to be at least in the league with them. And I think if we do you know, hopefully get promoted this year. It'll be great going into that league next year because so many local games, local rivalries, they all have good followings. So I think that'll be great. And yeah, ideally this time next year we'll be playing against them. I think the club deserves that. The amount of effort that people have put in, you know, the directors, people who run it day to day. I think sometimes last year I saw that people seem to think there was this great behemoth of a uh, administration function behind the back of Conlon Town, you know, when they were trying to sell the tickets and people like, why aren't they doing this and why aren't they doing that? And you're thinking, well, it's probably three or four blokes who've just finished work, had the tea, and now they're trying to sell a thousand tickets. You know, so, you know, like have a bit of realism to what we're doing. And I think the work that they've put in and the work that and their dad's people put in and now the crowds that are coming, I think those people deserve, we deserve a go at the next league up. We do deserve a go at it on the basis of what they've done down there. I think it would be a big step. I mean, and we're counting the chickens as well, thinking we're going to get promoted this year. We're only a third of the way through the season. But if we can, I think it'd be a big step. I think it'd be a hard step. But I think it's a step the club's in a position to do it from. I think we're in a good footing to move on to the next one. I want to end by asking you all, if that's okay, what is it that you've got out of being part of Congleton Town Football Club? Memories is the first thing that comes to my mind when I think back and everything, all the stories that we've told today are things that are always kind of in my mind, at the forefront of my mind, especially, you know, last season, the amount of memories and happy moments that I had of joy, which when I think back of, I then kind of relive that joy, you know, with dad, with granddad, with all the people that we go to, the people that I love a lot and care about. And it's also just having that connection with the club in that it is something that's always there and that we can go to and you kind of get away from everything, whatever it might be for that time that you're with those people, you're focused on the game and the people that you're with. It kind of all comes together as one big thing that is what we all love so much and care about so much. And the reason why we come every week, it's never a, a second thought to go to a game. It's always about how we get in there, what time are we get leaving, all that kind of thing is natural. Yeah, it just means a, a lot to us. I think you asked before about what we'd do without it. I think I, I'd worry more about, even regardless of the football, just the people. And you wouldn't see the people and have those moments with the people because that's where all the happiness comes from, is who you share it with. I think I'm incredibly lucky to have something that I can do with my dad. And I can do with my son. I think it's that. It'll always be something that we'll always have as a memory. I don't know like what you aim for in life. I've always been broke, quite really family orientated. So to have something that you always do together as you get older, you know, that I can still do with my dad. And then that me and Max just naturally do it together now. And then you see family coming into that as well. Well, that's the glue that does that. And uh, in life, you know, if I look around and think, well, how look it might still be able to do those things in my 40s with my dad and my son, and it will just progress. We're not talking about the football there, really. It's not about the football, is it? It's about what it provides for you as a club. And I think that's why it's so special and it means a lot to us. You know, and when people are flipping about town, I'd like them to see it through our eyes almost, if that makes sense. Uh, that's why it means so much. It was a means to an end for me. Uh, mm-hmm. to go back, I just needed somewhere to be able to go with my kids. It was relatively safe. It, it was relatively cheap. And I just fell in love with the whole idea of it. It, it is lovely. I mean, I'm not a native of Congleton. My dad was a policeman. And then they didn't own their own houses. So all my life, my formative years as a child, was moving around Cheshire. So you never settled anywhere. So never have any friends long-term. You're always a new person. So you have you have nothing to grasp onto. Uh, so moving to Congleton, my dad had no option. I don't blame him. He had no option but to do it. But I thought, I'm never going to do that. I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to move them around. And it's that 
continuity, that association, that thing of belonging and something that you can rely on. It's going to be there. It's not always going to make you laugh. It's sometimes going to make you cry. But that's a little bit like a family, isn't it? That's what a family does. So it's just an extended one. That's basically what I love about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it in a nutshell. And long may it continue. And at the moment, it's in good hands. It really is. That's true. Man. It's in it is in good hands. And that's what you want in it for a family. You want it in good hands. People who care and will look after it and cherish it. Um long may it continue. Well, thank you all very much for sharing your memories. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. No worries, Thank, thank you, mate. Thanks, I enjoyed it. The run of home games continues for the Bears this weekend as they host Aberston Town at the Cleric Stadium on Saturday. The reserves are away at Edgerton, while the ladies' first team will be back in action on Sunday at home to Runcorn Sports. Thank you for all the support and thank you for listening to the Congleton Town Football Club podcast.